0: Welcome to the Book Squad podcast. Ninety-four percent bookish banter, six percent shenanigans from Lawrence Public Librarians Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. All right. Well, so hey, hi. Uh, what do you want? Do you want to? Do you want to yeah. be the one to announce that sure. we're in a new location? Yeah. We. You can't
1: see this, but we are not where we usually are. Uh, we are coming to you from the Sound and Vision Studio at our own Lawrence Public Library. We'll be doing the podcast in-house uh, from here on out. and um, But we wanted to give a huge shout-out to Nick Carswell of Audio Yay, Reader. Yay, Nick! Yay! Uh, thank you, Nick, for getting the podcast launched and uh, for teaching us how to organize things and <laughs> semi-follow a script. So. Yeah. Mm. I guess
0: if we're not organized now, everybody thinks That's, it's Nick.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's on you, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: All right. Um, so, we got... Bookish News yeah.
0: first. New place, but same format.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll okay. Do bookish News, two book minimum, and then She Said, She Said. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good one today. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Man Booker Prize uh, long list was announced, and uh, there are some really wonderful names on here. Uh, we've got um, Paul Oster, Emily Friedland, um, Mosheen Hamid, mm-hmm. uh, who did Exit West, which you yes, read. Yes, we talked about that on the podcast. You know what? You've actually read several of these man booker prize mm-hmm. long I'm list fancy. ones. Mm-hmm. Very literate. Lincoln and the Bardo by George Saunders, another one we talked you about. You know, I talked about that a long time, didn't I? And also the Underground Railroad. So I feel like it's actually the Polly <laughs> Ken Booker Prize. <laughs> <laughs> I picked them. Exactly. Everybody. They probably listen to our podcast. And that's how they picked them. Oh, you know, you know that would be amazing. I bet. That's what it
0: was. Yeah, I don't want to put them on the spot or anything by asking them. But right, that's but, probably
1: what happened. Yeah, thanks, Man Booker Prize. Right on, judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it also says that uh, over half of the uh, almost half of the Man Booker Prize 2017 long list is female, female authors. So nice. What's that's the- cool. What's diversity like this year? Oh, yeah. um, so so. Mm. So so. Mm, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, depending on what you're looking at. Um, okay. But. We didn't do the metrics on that. But. No, we did not. Okay. But uh, another piece of exciting news uh, is that HBO and uh, Mr. George R.R. Martin are producing Who Fears Death by Nedia Korafor. Um, and we've mentioned her before. Um, for her book, Akata Witch. Uh, but Who Fears Death is going to be turned into a miniseries. Um, and it's being called the next Game of Thrones, except that it's post-apocalyptic Africa and nothing like Game of Thrones. So I think what <laughs> well, they mean is that it's going to be awesome. Right. And or really huge. does everybody die all the oh,
0: time? I don't know. Yeah. Well, maybe so.
1: Some nudity. Perhaps. Although
0: the last... Nudity went down a little bit over really? the seasons. They peaked early, if you like. <laughs> <say. laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Boy. All right, let's uh, move along. Yes. Um, I wanted to tell folks about um, some authors who are, I'm hoping this is a trend, actually, mm-hmm. um, really amazing authors who are writing uh, graphic novels and comics. Um, so some people might know that Tana Nehisi Coates and Roxanne Gay were writing um, for Black Panther. That's cool. Um, unfortunately, it was announced last month that after six issues, it, they were canceling it. Why? Uh, it was a bit of a dust up. There's not... I don't feel like they gave a really good reason why yeah. they canceled it. Um, but so, um, you know, they probably need to do a little more work on marketing mm-hmm. those things because, um, you know, I think I read something like 22 million people watched the trailer for Black Panther. And um, it was something like if 1% of people would have, who watched that trailer yeah. would have purchased these, you know, things, then the, the issues, then maybe that they wouldn't. they wouldn't have gotten canceled. And so um, maybe people just don't know that it's also, yeah, yeah. they don't know, maybe so, um, or they just, they're not sure how to get a hold of it or whatever. But, um, you know, when you've got these two powerhouse authors writing, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these, it's amazing. So, um, It was canceled, but um, Gay will now be doing a story for another great graphic novel, Lumberjanes, which is, you know, some B.A. girls doing some B.A. stuff. So um, it's really fun. And then Rainbow Rowell, who um, typically writes YA, she's writing a monthly um, comic for Marvel called The Runaways which follows six teenagers who find out that their parents are in a secret supervillain club called the pride. Sweet. And their whole plan is to destroy humanity. And of course these kids are like, mm, we can't let our parents oh do that. Gosh. I know. So they revolt and, um, parents just don't understand. No, they but, don't. <laughs> how about how important having a humanity is. is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So well, be that, fun. I know that seems like it's going to be pretty fun. Um, and then also, August is Read a Romance Month. Mm. I thought everybody should know that in bookish news. So um, if you're a regular romance reader, celebrate. Yes. Um, and if you are not a regular romance reader, maybe go outside of your comfort zone. I'm going to mm-hmm. actually talk about two romances as part of my two-book minimum today. I'm actually doing three books. Oh, my I know, I'm sneaky. Um, so maybe I'll give a couple suggestions for romance. Great.
1: Maybe I'll give him a shot.
0: Okay. Well, then I'll just jump right into talking about him then. Two book um, minimum time. Two book minimum time. All right. Except for um, three. This three. One. So uh, the first book that I want to talk about is Public Relations. Um, it's written by two women, Katie Heaney and Ariana Rebellini, and it came out this year in 2017. Um this book was suggested to me by Meredith, who is – I'm a romance mm-hmm. reader. Meredith is also a romance reader, um, and we sometimes have very different tastes. But she suggested this one, and it's pretty sweet. It's about Rose Reed. She's an up-and-coming music PR agent, and she gets unexpectedly put in charge of Brit sensation um, Archie Fox's reboot. So think of um, – was it Harry Styles? In fact, mm-hmm. I in fact I believe this book came out of some fan fiction written about. <laughs> really, <laughs> yeah, um, about was it One Direction?
1: We had to ask Meredith. I She's the president she, I,
0: I believe it is 1D. 1D. Um, so um, Rose suggests a fomance between Archie and indie star Rhea. Oh. Um, but as she works her magic, she struggles not to be charmed by Archie, who also seems to be sometimes oh. charmed by her. So, um, but, you know. He's just charming in general. Sure, so is yeah. it real? So how can it, yeah, how can is you trust him? Yeah, I don't know. So the thing I, I liked about this is I thought it was really good insider info about the PR machine. I mean, I think that these two authors um, kind of work a little bit in that, you know, milieu. And so they sort of see it. Yeah. Um, so I liked it. But maybe I, I kind of didn't like it, too, because I didn't want to know that they, like— <laughs> made-up fake romances yeah they
1: manipulate us so much
0: oh, oh they play us like fiddles. yes um or violins i don't know It's the same instrument <laughs> um that's not what our violin teacher would say um, so um so yeah it was a little like oh man i don't and they really yeah, i mean they've exposed down to you know down to like it, you know they hire the paparazzi to like do a certain thing and they orchestrate you know people showing up at the same time oh and goodness. they they pick what you're going to wear at certain times and they like pre-script everything that you say i mean i guess that does it it makes sense but it's also a little like yeah, oh, nothing. Is anything authentic even nothing real? is real. It's, it's all yeah. phony. Yeah, it's all. Oh, oh. a little prequel. <laughs> um, so it did. It felt a little like. Am I being? Have I been cheated this whole time? I don't know. But maybe. Um, I liked too that it was sort of an unusual setting for a romance. It was just a little different. Um, and I think that the authors did a really good job writing characters um, who, like, how you would actually be in your 20s. Um, you're out there hustling. You're trying to make every move count. Um, sh- you know, she's in a field that isn't necessarily dominated by women. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also trying to stay social and, you know, maybe meet someone. Tinder makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very of the moment. Um not that I understand anything about that life. Exactly. <laughs> when I was in my twenties, there was no such thing as Tinder, diapers, barely and... computers, <laughs> yeah. hardly. When I was in my twenties, um, but it was—I thought it was just a sweet and light romance. Um, but it also kind of gets at that dirty underbelly of being a woman in this industry. Cool. And that sounds interesting. So yeah, but if. Um, Another book that I read just this summer that is actually uh, a good counterpoint to this one in some ways It's called Dating You, Hating You by Christina Lauren, who I – she writes cont- – well, actually, not she. They, Christina mm-hmm. Lauren, is actually a writing team of two women as <gasps> well as this one. Um, and they – she writes – um, I like her stuff. It's contemporary. I didn't think I liked contemporary romances, but I like hers, and they're very – Spicy, okay. very spicy, just FYI to anybody who wants to try them out. Um, uh, and that's about the movie PR world. And so um, mm. it's a it's not the same premise, but it's, you know, two people in there. They kind of, they have this meet cute at a party and you think, they think, oh, this is, I've been meeting a bunch of duds, but I really like this person. <laughs> and then like right after that happens and they think maybe like they might have something their PR firms um get merged together and they're both up for the same position. Oh, nice. And um the thing I love about it is that she takes her gloves off and she's mm-hmm. going for it and um she has more experience and she's uh I you know I, I love that and that that his character um also comes to see that as well. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's good insights into that world. Also, women don't get treated very well in that world either. But, spoiler alert, spoiler anymore. alert. <laughs> <laughs> eh. So, um, Those those two, I think, um, Public Relations and Dating You, Hating You, um, fun romances, if you still want to read some romances in August. Yeah. Um, The next book up is Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Now, this isn't coming out until next month, middle of next month, um, but I picked up the arc at Book Expo, and Mm -hmm. I was super excited because I'd read uh, Celeste Ng's first book, Everything I Never Told You, and it... You Des- loved it. Yeah. It oh, my goodness. It destroyed me. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. It mm-hmm. was so awful. and But uh, it, was, it was very brutal. So I think the thing I liked about it is that I kept thinking about it for weeks and months after I read that book. So um, this – her next one is about Shaker Heights, which is where she actually grew up. Celestine grew up in Shaker Heights, which is a placid progressive suburb of Cleveland where everything is planned to the letter. She told some really interesting stories about like the kinds of things that happen in this place. Like for example, you don't put your garbage out front. Mm. It's in the back and then they drive these little golf carts down and pick it up for you and bring it out. And then put it back because you wouldn't want to see trash cans sitting out front. Of course. I know. No. Um, I oh, thought that wow. story pretty much
1: encompassed that, yeah, exactly. yeah, the
0: spirit of, of Shaker Heights. Um, so anyway, everything's planned to the letter, including the lives of the Richardson family um, who lives there. Uh, the And they it's um, uh, they have four children and they're living this sort of idyllic life, everything that uh, alana i think is the um, richardson has planned um and uh, a single mother an artist mia warren and her daughter pearl come to town and the richardsons uh rent her this house mm-hmm. and um and then the lives of all the characters become sort of complicated and intersect with each other especially pearl who's never had any siblings and then there's this group of siblings mm-hmm. um So they all sort of become enmeshed, and then a friend of the Richardsons attempt to adopt a Chinese-American baby, and a custody battle ensues, which divides the quiet town, and it puts Pearl... And Mia on one side Mm. and the Richardsons on the other side. So um, this is, I think, Celeste Ng doing what she does really well, which is kind of layering on and peeling off motives and secrets and building characters that aren't completely one thing or the other. So um, I thought it was good. I don't know if it stuck with me as As much much as – But maybe it was the the subject matter of everything I never told you. But – but get on hold for it now. I think there was only one hold on it this morning when I looked. So you could be the next. Get up on it, folks. Nice.
1: what about you? Oh well. Um, so the I think before I started working at the library, I was like, I don't really like short stories.
0: Uh, I, I do you remember this? this? Okay. And
1: and and I apologize to everyone in my life pre two thousand fifteen because I. Just thought that they weren't for me. And I think it was just in hindsight that I wasn't reading stories that really engaged me. Mm. Uh, Because now I'm looking at my staff book picks and it's like, short stories, short stories. So uh, if you feel like you don't like short stories, you may be wrong, (laughs) like I was. Mm. So uh, a collection I read recently is Swimmer Among the Stars by Kanishk Theror. And it just came out a few months ago. Um, And this collection, so I picked it up when I was shelving um, I judged the book by its cover. It's this gorgeous cover with blues and teal and like s- these swirly patterns and stuff. And so I just picked it up and was like, oh, this I think sounds... I
0: remember you bringing it back to me. It's like, look at how pretty this yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the
1: font is good. Yep. It's a whole sort of thing. Yeah. So uh, A plus to whoever designed that cover. Good job. Um, but it, it really drew me in uh, from the first story, really. Uh, so... The author was born in Singapore, um, and he's lived all over the world, and he currently lives in New York. And um, likewise, his stories take place uh, all over the world, and one of them in outer space. Hmm. Uh, and they are really lyrical and really full of imagery, and setting is a big um, a big component um, in the descriptions of of surroundings and and things like that are, are, are very vivid. Um, there's one story where it's the outer, spa- outer space story where the United Nations uh, is on this like floating bus sort of thing in mm-hmm. outer space. And they're looking down at the world that's like basically destroying itself. And you learn as the story goes, like what's been happening and and it's political, sort of, but it's also just very personal. And each of the UN people, are, ambassadors, are like, you really get to know them as characters within just a few pages. So that's, that's awesome. It's really neat. How, I mean,
0: I think it just takes like
1: the skill it takes to write to a write. good short story yeah. and
0: to get everything wrapped up and to, you know, to know the characters. So, how long would you say each
1: story is, approximately? Well, I think. They were all, I want to say, around, maybe I could be totally wrong, but they feel like they are around 15 pages or something. Not, oh, wow. not um, like 30-page stories or anything. So if
0: you're a person who is like, I want to read more, I just don't have the time, yeah. I can't get it in, yeah. like you could read these during your lunch break.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you I read, read one during- waiting for the doctor in okay. the you know doctor's office. And that way you don't have to like... Put down everything in your life and focus on a novel and, you know, mm-hmm. then you lose where you are if you pick it up later. Yeah, this is very um, – it's very good if, you, if you're if you busy or um, if you just don't have the concentration – Right now, yeah. for for something longer, it's it's hard out there. It I is. Mean, it's people exhausting. are busy. Yeah, and so. you're hungry all the time. So <laughs> it's just no one has time for a whole novel all the time. know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. well, but and in, in that uh, on that note, the next one that I wanted to talk about is a novel. So if you do have time, <laughs> <laughs> then you should pick this, this one. one I, the, yeah, this one I read in. I think it was just like one of those. I sat down and read it in the evening. It was super compelling. Um, this one's called Bad Boy by Elliot Wake. Uh, And apologies uh, if you heard the spiel already during the Free State Fest um, podcast. Um, It's that good that I want to make sure everybody knows about it. So Bad Boy is a transgender story written by a transgender author. um, Elliot Wake, he previously published novels under the name Leah Raider and is now uh, writing his first novel as himself, and it is a doozy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, okay, the protagonist Ren is part of a super-secret vigilante group. Um, they might be the opposite of the parent vigilante group, or <laughs> the, the, the super villain group. Um, they're a super se- se- secret vigilante group that goes after uh, sexist trolls and mm. on the Internet. So they basically troll the trolls. Nice. And it's, yeah, it's super satisfying. Um, they don't murder people. <laughs> they don't go that far. Uh, but they really do make them regret how they treat women, nice. which is, yeah, it's, it's a nice, like... <laughs>
0: There's their physicality. There's physicality, okay. but
1: there's also a lot of like emotional manipulation and things. Just life ruining. Yes. Okay. And I mean because, you know, if if you are a very vicious troll you are doing you know emotional manipulation and and fear tactics and stuff and so they sort of like flip it on them and use your own own exactly so that part is really great um but also interspliced in that is the story of um ren who's a trans man and he's trying to find himself and um communicating his identity with the world um he does these little vlog entries. And so some of the chapters interspliced are um, scripted versions of his vlog entries and uh, video updates. And uh, he talks about like going on T and um, doing top surgery and things. And so he's reaching out to... Going on T, you mean testosterone. testosterone. Yes, yes. Um, Yes. And I... I knew what that meant, but I learned a lot in these scripts. Um, and but it wasn't like it didn't seem like uh, too academic or anything like that. It was just kind of someone saying, "Here, this is what I'm going through. This is what it feels like. This is what physically is like." And uh, and I think the combination of this really captivating, intriguing uh, revenge sort of thing combined with uh, the personal narrative is is amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. So, um, there is some steamy sex and some harsh language. So, check it out if that is your thing, but don't if it's not. So,
0: (laughs) okay. So, that was two book minimum. Uh, We featured public relations. um, And then I gave you a little extra dating you, hating you action Um, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, Swimmer Among the Stars by Kanishk Tharoor, Mm -hmm. and Bad Boy by Elliot Wake. And all of those books came out this year.
1: That's pretty good you'll, of us. Be, you'll be
0: on the forefront if you get
1: that Man action. Booker Prize next year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Right on. All right. Okay, so are we ready for to do some She Said, She Said? Yeah, I'm a little nervous about this one. Okay, well, you know, historically,
1: mm-hmm. in our
0: long <laughs> podcast history. Dozens and dozens. Of, yeah, you know, some, some number, um, we almost are always on the same page. Uh-huh. And so this time we decided to, because it's almost back to school time, we wanted to pick a book that we were forced to read in <laughs> high school um, and that um, because we like to torture ourselves, we both decided on a book that we hated, hated. when we read it, uh, which is Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. All, yep. Yes. Um, so do we still hate it? Oh. <gasps> Let's find, oh, let's find out. let's find out. I don't even.
1: I don't even know where to start. Well, I think the book is fresh for both of us because we just finished, just finished reading it, it just last night or mm-hmm. the night before. Uh, so a lot of these feels are very uh, physical for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I have like a visceral emotion to reading this book now that I didn't did before. Okay. Yeah. Um, how how did. How do you feel? What are what well, are some of your initial?
0: I think you know maybe what we. I think I told you this is that I um, I couldn't really remember mm-hmm. exactly what happened in the book. Like so, then as I was rereading it, I was picking out like, oh yeah, I remember that scene or I remember that scene. Not, but I still couldn't. I couldn't have told you at the beginning mm-hmm. what how it ended. Yeah, I could not. Um, but I just had that visceral sort of feeling of I. Hate, hate this guy. Holden Caulfield. Right. Like, and I have friends who are like, I love this book. Uh-huh. It changed my I life. Like yeah. I love
1: Holden. And are like, What is wrong
0: with you? Right. Or, I, what is wrong with me? Whatever. Yes. I mean, it was really, I had a hard time like separating out like what might, why someone would like that character uh-huh. or this book and, and then what I thought about them as a person. Right. So, yeah. um, which is. Well,
1: hard for me you hated him because yeah i mean he's a spoiled i mean on the surface he's a he's a spoiled brat
0: so and
1: just you
0: know p.s everybody we're gonna spoil the book (laughs) okay if you haven't read catcher in the right (laughs) right so one of my favorite one of my favorite podcasts is overdue yeah it's these two guys who talk about books that you should have that they should have read you should have read and they have a little thing at the beginning where they just say spoiler Spoiler. and Mm -hmm. also you should have read this already so um but honestly there's not a whole lot to spoil i mean there's not it's It's not a plot driven it's not plot driven at all there's um so you know the novel opens with holden um getting kicked out of his now fourth Mm, i think so private school yeah um, and he's you know there. He knows he's he's leaving. He's not really. I think he's leaving in a couple days.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's supposed to be. I don't remember. This is the weekend. He's supposed to be home on Wednesday. Um, and was this in Pennsylvania? I don't remember. Yeah, somewhere. Let's just say that. Um, and his you know his family he's family's in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So he um, he just up and leave. So this is like he just decides to up and go mm-hmm. because, because what's the point? he's had it. He's had mm-hmm. it with these phonies. Mm-hmm. He's had it with these uh, b-words. Yes, all sorts he of says things. A lot. He says that. So, um he he's just he just up and goes like he uh, cuz he flunked out of four or five of his classes, right? you know, So what's the point? Yeah. So I don't I mean to me that's just to me that starts the cascade of events uh-huh. that that I don't understand <clears throat> about about the mind of Holden Caulfield like I don't I this is the thing that I think I didn't understand when I read it in high school in high school what I thought was you have this amazing mm-hmm. opportunity you yeah, come from a, a wealthy. wealthy family uh-huh. who loves you and who is like sending you to these amazing schools and you keep screwing it up like on purpose it seems I mean you Mm -hmm. like as you read the novel I just I kept getting whiplash of like you know yeah yeah, he would just go back and forth back and forth between like maybe some kind of insight that made sense and then follow it up with an activity that made absolutely no sense to the insight he Mm -hmm. had where he would like he was just sabotage himself but you know as also you know this is a first person novel he's telling the story he's an unreliable mm-hmm. narrator mm-hmm. so you don't really understand i i never really understood and so now i mean i want you to talk about this too like the thing that i When I read it as a teenager, I didn't really care if I understood. Mm -hmm. I was just like, what? A jerk. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Such a jerk. Yeah. I mean, misogynist, Um, you know, uh all sorts of things. And he
0: has some things that happened to him Uh that we can discuss that at the time, yeah, I was like, fine, that's awful, but whatever, you're still a jerk. But now, as an adult, I can sort of pick those things Uh apart a little bit more and say, you know, wow, there's probably some mental health issues oh my god. At yeah play here well, that I'm are not being that, yeah. addressed um but i think he was also still a jerk
1: i mean yeah but and and also like looking back i i'm sure i was never not the most pleasant person all the time <laughs> i was teenager, always I a nice kid <laughs> oh my god <laughs> It's not uh, always, and so now reflecting, and also just since it's summer, we see teenagers everywhere in the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'm reading it and thinking, well, oh, it's just a kid. This is a this is a kid who's so you know so in his own head, and uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm trying to step back and be amused in about that. Um,
0: find, to find his see, I don't. I have a hard time finding any of that Um Well, cuz you have kids and
1: so like it's true. Yeah, I'm I like I am not having kids, so this is not my problem. You <laughs> know, look at this.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that and that could be true cuz I I just oh, I do. Cuz you're don't, like
1: my kids would if I be if this I, bratty, no, you know, like if I ever and they really s- wouldn't. She's not just saying that they're no, really good kids. No, they
0: really wouldn't. But I but, you know, like I said some of the things like I could see I'm not going to name any names because I don't want... not calling out my kids. But perhaps maybe I could see times that some kids might have just <laughs> not done things that sure. they needed to... They didn't take care of things they needed to take care of, and they just could not be moved mm-hmm. to care about it. They just couldn't even. Couldn't even. Right. They could not... <laughs> And it happens very infrequently, but it all like that it boggled my mind. Mm -hmm. Of like, this is an important thing. Mm
1: -hmm. It's not
0: that right. It's an important thing. Taking care of it is not that big of a deal. Just do it, right?
1: Well, yeah. I, I think okay. So interestingly, I didn't remember that. I mean, this is again we can't we're gonna spoil this but yeah, I mean his his little brother he's 16 Holden is and his little brother died three years ago and the little brother was 11 at the time some something like maybe two years ago uh, recently though and uh, he adored his little brother and um, th- it doesn't seem like they I didn't remember that happening at all I don't I think as a teenager I was just like well that, I don't know I just right. zipped past that for some reason. Don't know how. <laughs> yeah. I, I was pretty self absorbed also as a teenager. Um but now it's like, dude, I mean, your family is not talking about this, you know. I don't know what See? kind of grief counseling you had. I mean it was the it's set in the fifties, yeah. right? Or yeah. late forties, late forties. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um so I think that would have affected that. That could have affected the level of care um, because he does. I mean, there are indications, you know, when he brings it up, he's just like, yeah, my little brother had cancer, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, he was unable to attend the funeral because he h- had an episode yeah. where he just went into the garage and started Smash breaking windows. smashing windows with his bare hands. Yeah. And so um, and he still has some da- yeah. damage in his hands from that. But that's just like slipped in there. Yeah. Like, well, he's obviously not processing. No, any of this. He's not. I don't. I don't believe that he is. But I also, I feel like he has does have a. Well, I mean, I feel like there are, is some level of support in his family, but I. Um, so, I mean, I guess they this don't. This be where we
1: go toe to toe. Right.
0: They don't make it super clear, but also. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I. I guess I also wonder because it's not the timeline isn't clear. Uh-huh. He, you know, this is his fourth school. He's been kicked out of, um, and he's only sixteen. And so. he's only sixteen. So
1: we're gonna guess. Was he
0: kicked out of a be- school before? before? I don't know.
1: Right. That's a good. His question. brother
0: died because if that happened, then that would give some indication. to... Yeah, that's a good question. It, there's no indication about whether or not he was a good student before mm-hmm. he does sort of allude to the fact that all of the rest of his siblings are really smart Mm -hmm. and he's even his 10 year old sister yeah and he's smarter than him he's the dummy Mm -hmm. in in the group so somehow he feels that about himself um even though he does well in writing and Mm -hmm. um and i will get to this a little bit later but as i was reading it i kept wondering like is this autobiographical is this jd salinger and and a little bit, he he had at one he did at one point say that, that this was autobiographical in some uh, ways. So well,
1: that. I guess so. Maybe one thing that we could uh, discuss or disagree on mm-hmm. is uh, I can see how s- the fact that his parents keep sending him to these schools that are obviously cost a lot of money. Could be interpreted as though they care about him, but mm-hmm. I think what it feels like is they they don't give him the emotional support. So I don't I don't equate spending money on a kid with caring about them. Yeah, and I wouldn't either.
0: So I don't know. I mean at the at the time when I read this as a teenager, right. you were like you get all this money, Who, right? What is I, what I lived with you, you, you know I lived in a horrible neighborhood and I went to a horrible school, mm-hmm. and I really wanted. To be at a better school, mm-hmm. and, so and so what yeah. affected me was that he had all of this well, opportunity yeah. that he was literally just you know mm-hmm. throwing away. Yeah. Um, now, I would, I don't, I would never send my kids. I mean, <laughs> I even know, if right? I had the money, yeah. I couldn't be away from them to send them away to a, a mm-hmm. private school. Like it, that would kill me. I would not want to do that. And I, I got. I wasn't sure now his little sister who's 10 mm-hmm. she's going to school. She's in, going to school in New York mm-hmm. and she right by her house and so I wasn't sure if that was also another private school or if it was a public school and and I wasn't so then oh, I, I guess that, I assume private that's but that's what know. made me start to wonder like why why is Holden in these private
1: schools if mm-hmm. his Well he went to that elementary school. Okay, so I'm gonna guess they're all they're sending them away for like middle school or mm, to high, high school. school, yeah, for a private like a boarding school. school? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay,
0: it's um, a boarding school. Yeah, and they mentioned a lot of very sort of famous boarding Which schools is not like thing I really know and about stuff yeah. like that. So, um, you know, he clearly was like moving in these circles, mm-hmm. and his family was moving in these circles. But um, I don't know. So, so I don't. I mean, I'm not sure why if he was there because that was the norm of their family i didn't he has an older brother mm-hmm. db who is is a writer now in hollywood but i
1: um, which just, does not seem like a career that that family would be really thrilled with no i guess if i'm imagining mm-hmm. just a very wealthy family yeah
0: i mean maybe we could like think about that like he he just up and left uh-huh. and
1: well another thing that gives me a hint about the parents is that Later on in the novel, um, Holden comes back to see his little sister, Phoebe, and um, he's like, the parents aren't home and he's like smoking in her room Mm -hmm. and stuff. He's smoking constantly. Um, And the mom comes in and Holden's hiding. And so the mom's just talking to Phoebe. And she's like, Phoebe, have you been smoking? This kid's 10. Have you been smoking? And (laughs) Phoebe is sharp as a tack. And she was like, I had one puff and then I threw it out. And the mom was like, well, just don't do that. Like the mom just doesn't seem worried about her daughter or Mm. to – Care yeah. much? That was not the response I would have had, right? In that oh, scenario, just don't do that, ten-year-old. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. even in the fifties, I think that maybe another parent may have been a little upset that their ten-year-old right. was smoking at like midnight. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> and that was interesting to me too.
0: Is like you know they were away at a party in Connecticut and left the kid and with the, the maid. Kid was, yeah, they had must have. They must have had a live in. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so I guess. I guess that's who was mm-hmm. her caretaker when they were away at a party or something. So so you know I especially now being a parent myself and I could be like I don't I would not mm-hmm. those are not choices I would make. Right. So I um I'm not sure now I'm not sure how to unpack like what Holden's life is like mm-hmm. and you know um I mean his obviously his older brother, you know, was doing okay and his younger sister was doing okay you know um yeah so maybe
1: he was the he was closest to Allie. the maybe brother who died
0: died. so i don't um i don't know it was a little it's it because it's an unreliable narrator Mm -hmm. it's a little hard to to decide now that how much i hate him
1: it's a thinkier book (laughs) than Than I
0: thought in <laughs> some ways, in some ways, but also okay, so let's look come at it from a different way then. Because also, I don't know, it a little bit was like a dude just rambling on that's what I thought in high school 250 like, pages yeah. and or however long it is, and just
1: ramble mm-hmm. and 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 some of it's like about how women are pigs and you know, yeah, right.
0: So I didn't, um. And again, you know, he's ha- he's like, he gets on a train, he's, you know, 16. Uh-huh. This is a different time. Yes. So, you know, when yes. he's been living in a boarding school, so whatever. But he's on a train, he like keeps, he goes to these multiple bars and tries uh-huh. to get yeah. scotch and scotch water or whatever, uh-huh. scotch and coke. And they won't bring him one and he's, you know, miffed about that. But uh-huh. then like in the next sentence, he's like, ah, I'm a minor, you know. So that's yeah. the thing. So that to me, that is the thing. It's like. Uh, Constantly, his brain is like in a constant whirl and you're just watching it kind of swirl around and reading about how much he hates phonies Uh and how much he hates, you know, what like he hates this person, he hates that person. And like when you meet his sister, you know, you're thinking like. Ugh, you know, what an unpleasant person. And when you meet his sister, his sister confirms, mm-hmm. you hate everything. You hate everything, yeah.
1: But and, he also, I mean, and one thing that he doesn't hate, though, is little kids. Like, yeah. Little kids maybe seem to be that's, the only thing that bring him joy. That's is, of like, yeah. Maybe that's because of Allie. Like, maybe
0: that's because of Allie. Yeah.
1: So I, I read him as, and this is based on personal experience and also because I Google things super well. I would say he is extremely... Extremely depressed. Now that I'm reading it, that a hundred million times. I know, but I think like he's saying, I'm depressed, like I'm down. But I think he is like clinically very depressed. I mean, he doesn't. It affects his eating. It affects his sleeping. He's like quick to anger. Mm -hmm. You know, his moods are just erratic. And reading that after having gone through my own depression is that's it. Was just sitting on my chest, like Mm -hmm. how depressed this kid is. And, I mean, he ends up being, you know, hospitalized. Right. Um, and so hopefully For he gets... getting sick. Yeah. Hopefully is. he gets... Um, the, he
0: said he almost got TB or something like that. So, well,
1: I thought... I thought he was... I get, oh, you know what? I think I read it as though he was, like, mentally hospitalized. But that is not it? Oh, I yeah. wish he would have been. Well... He should be. I yeah. mean, I think this kid needs some help. Yeah. But, so... Yeah. And similarly, like, we... I mentioned The Bell Jar, which you haven't read, um, but I read around the same time. And Sylvia Plath also captures just how a very mentally ill person thinks, which is just very roundabout and and not linear necessarily. And so, uh, yeah, so I, so I had that reading this time, which made me have a way different reaction to the book. Well, this is, I
0: mean, if that's that is more where my mind was going this time mm-hmm. is that you know he's very I mean he might still be a jerky person like mm-hmm. maybe he was a jerky person before he became depressed mm-hmm. but um he definitely is Goodness. not okay and yeah. he'd he'd seen that he also um it just comes up where he'd seen a kid the it, uh, commit suicide uh-huh. at, at his last school um it jumped out the kid jumped out the window and he was one of the first people to see him. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he received no trauma, right. you know, recovery right. from that. So, so these things, you know, happen to him, and then, and then later in the book, you think maybe he's going to, um, you know, he's talking about running away, like mm-hmm. going far away, and he makes the decision to call up a teacher that he really mm-hmm. liked, and. This teacher and his wife in
1: the middle of the night. Were yeah, like come in the middle over, of the night, and he's so like, "Come over." They were
0: so, so accommodating. They um, played tennis with his him mm-hmm. and his family. They had dinner with his family. I mean, clearly, like that, They're the teacher and his wife were close with that family, and um, and I think he was also his brother's teacher as well. So yeah. his brother must have also gone to boarding school, but. He comes over in the middle of the night and he is just completely exhausted and he's letting himself just com- you know, kind of just wind down. Oh, and he yeah. goes to bed and he wakes up in the middle of the night and this teacher's stroking his hair. Yeah. And the teacher's drunk. Like uh-huh. you can, you know, the teacher had been drunk. They had been having a party, entertaining or whatever. I, I don't, what, yeah, and what so do you think? I don't know. I was trying to, you know,
1: Cause he flips
0: out. leaves, he thinks right, but and then he says, later oh, he's like, "Wait, actually, right? Maybe he wasn't right." Because he was like, "All this perverty stuff has mm-hmm. happened. Like twenty perverty things have happened to mm-hmm. me, or something like that." And you know, he he, when you when you read the book, he super exaggerates everything. Like everything happens a hundred million uh, yeah, times, exactly. or a billion yeah. hours, or whatever you know. So you're not sure if like really did that really happen. But then, you know, I. I mean I think of the times when like I've gone in to see my kids sleeping when I, you know, mm-hmm. if they've been sick or whatever and I've gone in to check on them. Um you know, I would definitely like stroke their hair and, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, um and I don't I don't know. I just I it would might be it might be weird if if it, obviously if a teacher was doing that, but also if that someone was that close with yeah. your family. I mean, I think and it, really worried about you, and they didn't have their own kids, right. and you were like a kid yeah, to exactly. them. I
1: don't know. Yeah, I know. I feel like <laughs> what happened. I don't know. I feel like it was probably innocent. I feel like there are some things that could have happened instead that would have been less innocent. You know, like, right? Like not. Our podcast years, but I can imagine, you know, yeah. something that would make it more obviously perverted. Well, I was just mad at JD Salinger because I was like, just, but cut him a break.
0: Yeah, I know. Let this be the place where he lands and then gets better. Yeah, and then no. Nope. and then no. Uh,
1: well, we have no idea so- though. So, well, do you want to? talk about J.D. Salinger yes I do actually well first let <laughs> me let you do it before. let me say
0: she would not let me talk about J.D. Salinger you guys before because I want to she I didn't want you to get my real reactions <laughs> yes um because we've had a history of being disappointed by authors yes so anyway um I just want to uh, I did I did mention that you know he said this was sort of autobiographical and that um If you did not know this about Catcher in the Rye, that it was – it was very popular when it was first published and then it kind of went back down again and then it it came back up again in the 70s. -hmm. Um, Several high school teachers – like all these high schools were – uh, assigning it, mm-hmm. and but also um, teachers who were assigning it were being forced to, uh, they were fired or forced to resign um, because of the book. So uh, a 1979 study of censorship noted The Catcher in the Rye had the dubious distinction of being at once the most frequently censored book across the nation and mm-hmm. the second most frequently taught novel in public oh schools. So um, after Of Mice and Men is the first one. So... Um, It was definitely – but this I thought was really funny because it it keeps getting banned. So a Catholic world reviewer Hmm. um, called – the quote, excessive use of amateur swearing and coarse language. Yes. And according to one angry parent's tabulation, 237 <gasps> instances of G-damn, no. 58 uses of the <laughs> of the synonym for a person of illegitimate birth,
1: uh, 31,
0: uh, "Christ sakes, and one incident
1: of flatulence <laughs> <laughs> constituted <laughs> what was wrong with Salinger's. Wait, but then also the F word. They even they skipped. Oh, it, yeah, that and, that By happened, the end of it, yeah, it's all over the place. That did happen. Like two, well, it wasn't all. Maybe the book. person was like, "I can't even count that. I'm just not even." I can't. I part didn't that. even
0: I, get that far. Yes, exactly. I put the had to put the book down. It was well, burning my hands. Aside, I think <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a very. That is an interesting thing about this book to me, and apparently, this was a turn mm-hmm. in the way people were writing books. Like that's this was a new thing mm-hmm. when it was published.
1: If that was amateur swearing, what is professional I don't
0: swearing? Know. <laughs> But Holden's voice like at times is it's kind of irritating over uh-huh. and over again. His like, like a
1: teenager.
0: It's like <laughs> listen yeah, it is and you know, bump, and all like everything oh, I know. is. You yeah, know, yeah.
1: And he uh, always like, says I like putting, I and somebody else, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, So it's, like, irritating, but you definitely feel like you're listening to
1: it gets in your a teenager, head, sort
0: of. And you feel like you're definitely of the moment. Like, mm-hmm. this is definitely late, yeah. late 40s, early 50s sort of slang and how, mm-hmm. how when I watch a movie from that era, and those people are talking to each other. What do you mean, pal? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I mean, like, that's, that's how the, it's in the – oh, thanks. That's how it is in this book. And so um, – yeah. He, well, I mean he nailed the voice, yeah. I think. Whether or not knock me voice, out, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like Chocolate this. sodas, knock <laughs> me out. Like you know I mean? <laughs> Yeah, that's what it was about. It was really good. It was thanks. So um anyway, I guess we can we'll talk about Salinger and then we'll and then we'll give our finals. But um so Jerome David Salinger, uh, January first, nineteen nineteen to January twenty seventh, twenty ten. Um So he – the thing about him that was interesting – so the thing is that he – I guess he was married three times, Hmm. and in between there he had a little thing with Joyce Maynard, who is an author, the writer, and who wrote a – he was. She was with him for like ten months when she was mm. a freshman at Yale, and he was, you know, significantly older. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was teaching there. I don't know, but in um, a power position. At mm-hmm. least. And um, apparently, he was pretty abusive and controlling, oh, and um, in all of his relationships. And his daughter also. His daughter wrote a book. Not. That was not very flattering to him, and Joyce Maynard wrote a book that was not very flattering to wow. him about how he was very controlling and, mm-hmm. and forced the women he was with to do things, you mm-hmm. know, against their will. And so so there's that.
1: Yeah, I think if you would have told me about that before, I would have been like, we're not reading this
0: we're book. We're not reading
1: this book. I know.
0: I know. Why are well, we teaching?
1: Okay, that's that's a long podcast discussion we can a, have another a time. a whole but. other podcast discussion.
0: So, but he... Um, you know, and then and then at some point he just uh, went completely reckless oh, right. yeah. and yeah. and moved out, um, I can't remember Vermont or something. He had a, a acreage and and just stayed out there and, and stayed away from the public eye. And uh-huh. people kept trying to get the rights to make this into a movie and he would never give them up. Um and so I don't it's not been made into a movie. And, and it um does which I kept thinking like is there a movie of this yeah. and uh, apparently there's not. So uh and then you know he's he kept writing until the end even though he went mm-hmm. you know so there are I believe there are several manuscripts of his that are planned mm-hmm. to come out. Did in, he want them the to come out after he died? I don't know if he uh, did. Huh? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um but they're out there because he was writing all of the time. And so um, whoever the executor of his estate is, I guess, gets to make that decision now. But mm-hmm. um, bottom line, a jerk. I don't know if i I'm mean, bit of a jerk. Right. If it's autobiographical, mm-hmm. then then Holden is a big jerk. But Holden and that, also, and that
1: J.D. Salinger is extremely depressed. Yes, both those things. Both would of be those. True. Yes, yes, both of those things could be true.
0: And mm-hmm. that, uh, and that also. The thing is, I don't feel like I, when I see discussions of this book, I don't hear people talking about that as much. Like, Him as a rat, like the no, the author, I mean oh, no the, uh, about Holden having a mental illness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know.
1: That's what I was. I'm that. I mean,
0: we can't. We can't. I guess we should say. Neither one of us is in a position to diagnose
1: anyone. No. We're not. But I'll do
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will.
1: But that's there, how I read it. Just that's how it felt to me. Right. Based on. And that made me feel
0: softer mm-hmm. toward him. And it, I still didn't understand why mm-hmm. he made the decisions he made. And I still wasn't clear on whether or not he was making poor decisions mm-hmm. before Mm-hmm. his brother died and right that know. would be nice and know. maybe he was depressed before his brother died now, no, idea. no one knows yeah nobody knows you just yeah. have the snippet also it's
1: fiction yeah. <laughs> you
0: have the snippet of time this little bit of time yeah. where he's just wandering around smoking and going and to bars and, phonies and, and calling up girls yeah. and good all lord that, you know. his payphone usage yeah yeah. so um I try I, try if you read this as a teenager try it again and yeah and you didn't love it. Or maybe if you, even if you did, mm-hmm. try it again now. Yeah. And see what you think.
1: Maybe I'll reread The Bell Jar also. I should read it too.
0: I never oh. read it as a teen,
1: as yeah. you said. So I don't know. But, but that one I liked. And so then I'm nervous about rereading it. Yeah. I don't want to question things that I like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a problem.
0: Yes. But um, but yeah. this was interesting. It was an interesting. Yeah, I'm glad we did it too. It was an interesting revisit. Mm hmm. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say that I'm now going to reread everything that I mm. ever didn't like as no. a teenager. This is it. I'm looking at you, Scarlet Letter. Yeah, no, we don't have to do that. Ain't I won't happening. make you do that. Thank you. Okay, so that was a that was a long chat, but yeah.
1: it's a good one. Yeah, I learned right. a lot. Um, all right, so well, in theory, we can't always be reading. Yeah, it's true. And sometimes we're sleeping. So, what are you up to this week or lately? Okay. Well,
0: the thing that I want to talk about is Gunther, your doggo. My doggo, who I have talked about on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, he's some kind of a boxer mix. He's very energetic. Mm-hmm. He's a like huge head. he's like a kangaroo became a dog. That's mm-hmm. kind of what he's like. <laughs> um, and so we we'd been afraid to take him to the dog park because you know, he's not super awesome about staying right with us. And he mm. is very he's very squirrel-centric. And he's very enthusiastic. He's very enthusiastic. <laughs> squirrel so, uh, But we took him to the dog park. First, we took him to the fenced-in dog park and mm-hmm. let him just get his bearings. And he had a really good time. And there was some other little dog there that, like, was a super fast runner. And mm-hmm. he got to chase that <laughs> dog. You know what was amazing? It was interesting to me how some dogs would come and he'd be like, not that super interested in you, but like another dog, he would be. Isn't
1: that weird? Just what like people, that? yeah. Exactly. You are yep. my. You, mm-hmm. I love you. You, and I don't. Then you're a like, phony. I don't need to
0: talk to you. <laughs> you're a phony and a fake. Uh, I'll have to ask him what mm-hmm. he thought about those other dogs. Mm-hmm. But when he writes his, when he writes his story, but um, he, I'm glad that went well. He had a good time, and then we took him over. And then we took him to the off leash. And he had a like great Clinton. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're right across from each other. Okay. Actually, one there's like a fenced in part and then a knot. And he had a super great time. And there was a baby pool, like a kiddie pool Aww. with water in it. And he got in it and laid down. And we didn't even know he, he liked loves water. water. Yeah, Aww. because he does not like getting a bath. Sure. So we thought eh, maybe he doesn't like water, but he does. Oh. Um, so so it was super exciting. Except for then I when I took him to the vet, then the vet was like. I see a lot of animals come in with bites from the dog park. And so then I was like, ah. mm-hmm. then I, that dampened my enthusiasm a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, just watch him. Like, mm-hmm. be careful. And Gunther's a, you know, he's a big dog, but he's also like, okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, he's a so, Yeah, he just does not want to get into any scraps. So hopefully Aww. we could, we'll try it again. Mm-hmm. So that's mostly what I've been doing. Also, I'm trying to figure out how to to paint my house so if you come to the library and you try to mm-hmm. check out any books that have anything to do with home design or they're all painting gone. i've checked them all out <laughs> and Paul, i apologize but they will be back soon um paints are hard man it's i don't know why it's hard because there's so many good options yeah it is and you think i keep telling myself it's just paint you can redo it
1: yeah, but that's a pain in the butt. Yes. Yeah.
0: That is the other thing I keep mm-hmm. telling myself. Yeah. yeah. So there you go.
1: So make the right decision the first time. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Whatever you pick will be good because you have good aesthetic. So oh, thanks. I'll be excited. All right. Um, well, uh, in my own news, I just bought a truck. My I own truck. It's very cute, guys. It is. It's, so yeah. Cute. It's a, a 2005 Ford Sport Track. Um, and... Uh, she's real pretty. She's Quad really cab, cool. short bed, bed extender. <laughs> <laughs> Learned she, a lot of words. Uh-huh. Uh, the previous owner took really good care of, care, care of it. I always just gendering a truck is weird, but mm-hmm. for some reason I do want to call it a her. But yeah. she's like my friend. It's not like she's like my. like my servant or something like that. Yeah, this is my friend, my My, truck. My friend, my truck, my friend truckie. Uh, (laughs) But it's really exciting, and uh, I am up even higher than the truck that I was driving before. That was my boyfriend's Mm -hmm. truck, and so I'm just like, oh, man, it's like truck deluxe. Uh, So I'm going to listen to a lot of country music in there. I'm really excited for you to do that. And But then put a lot of like progressive bumper stickers, so it's like, if you hear the music, you think one thing, Mm -hmm. but then... Bam!
0: You know, librarians are always busting expectations. Exactly, we're saying
1: we are complex human beings. We are. It's a rich, rich tapestry. tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, another thing. So trucks, books, and then beer would be my my other hobby. Trucks, books, and beer. Trucks, books, and beer. Um, the Kate like story. Yes. Uh, at Burger Stand downtown in Lawrence, um, and maybe the one, the other the Topeka location. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, there is a beer club, uh, where you, you pay a little bit to get this little beer passport sort of thing. And, um, when you try 30 different, 33 different beers on tap at the location, you write your little note and you get a little stamp and you rate the beer and stuff. And then you get a, um, burger stand, uh, gift card and it's like 50 bucks it's a it it makes i mean you end you spend like a zillion million dollars on beer (laughs) but then you're rewarded because i was gonna do that anyway so and i've had some good beers oh my god so that's really awesome yeah so if you like beers i think not everybody not many people know about this club thing so go check it out um, you also get a commemorative uh, beer stein thing, so <laughs> it's and that's just for signing up. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Is it like a stein with like an actual mm, lid? No, I anything? shouldn't say stein because my neighbors like had a, a beer stein collection oh, that I would cool. always go over and like flip, yeah flip, 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 flip the lids. Yeah. and I think that irritated you. Them. Flip their lids, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> I uh, no, it's just a cup. It's uh, like a it's glass oh, and cool. it's I forgot what it's shaped like, but.
0: So mug. Is it a boot? I used to have it's a boot. It's not a mug. Okay, oh, okay, we'll stop
1: naming things that are better than what I <laughs> have. All
0: right, fine. All right, I think that we've ra- we have, yeah. we've talked about everything today. Mm. So, what our-
1: is, well, what's coming up at the library? Just oh, real fast. We haven't talked about everything.
0: Well, okay. Here's a thing. Um, it's big. A uh, big thing. Uh, mark your calendars, everybody, because George Saunders, Ooh. author of Lincoln in the Bardo. Man, Booker Prize, <laughs> long list. Is coming on October 10th. Um, he will be here probably 7 p.m. I can't remember the time, but everything we do is at 7 p.m. Yes. So Yeah. Uh, so that's super exciting. Yeah. I'm sure um, everybody's going to want to be yeah, here for a big that. That's really cool. Yeah, We will have a lot of details on that around the library. But, Mm -hmm. you know, get this in your ear hole right now. George Mm -hmm. Saunders is coming October 10th. Mm -hmm.
1: Yay. Okay. Um, One thing that's right before that is, um, again, a shout out to Audio Reader, our former podcast um, producer. They're having the four-year ears only benefit sale. Um, And that is on Friday, September 8th and Saturday, September 9th, Um, Fridays in the evening and Saturdays most of the day. Um, at the douglas county fairgrounds and you can go to reader.ku.edu for more information but it's really great and audio reader needs all the help um that we can give them uh, after budget cuts so true story so go buy some as jim said go buy some records that you'll play once <laughs> but do <laughs> but, it for a good cause and jim everybody is yeah. our new producer jim barnes he's and somewhere he's, around here he's
0: somewhere around here hi jim and he's gonna really have to wade through a lot. Yeah, this particular episode. Yeah. So we made it nice. Hats off for to him. you, Jim Barnes, Yay. new producer and LPL studio manager.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Happy that's, reading. That's it for this da, edition. Da, 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 yep. Happy yeah. reading.
0: That's it for this edition of the Book Squad podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website lplks.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence
1: Public Library.